want you to turn with me to Psalms 126. Psalms 126. In Psalms 126 and verse, it's a very short book, this book of Psalms. But in verse 6, it says, He that goeth forth and reapeth, or weepeth, excuse me, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bring his sheaves with him. You know, when you begin to think about God's capacity for restoring life beyond our understanding, how a forest can burn down and the seedlings somehow that are on the ground begin to spring forth new life. Broken bones that are healed and made whole again. Even grief is not permanent, is not a permanent condition. Our, our tears can be seeds that grow into a harvest of joy. Even through some of the deepest tragedies we go through in our life. You see, I believe truly this morning that God has a perfect plan for you. He has a perfect plan actually to reach this whole world. It's called the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus instructed his disciples to evangelize the world. Matter of fact, he tells them in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he says, go and teach all nations. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, and this is Jesus' words, all power is given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Jesus begins to speak to us about the things that we should be doing. What is your plan? What is your purpose? You see, this week I was challenged with a few things, and I began to really scope out what is God's plan for me? What is God's purpose for me? See, we should be asking ourselves that question. What is God's plan for me? What is God's purpose? What does he want me to do? How many, I'm going to be... I'm going to put y'all on the spot this morning. Now listen, things are a little different in the setup this morning. I, I'm, it's probably the wrong time to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. We're doing a little editing change where we're going to be live streaming. And so this is going to help in that process. So that's why it looks a little different this morning than the way it usually is. Now, so that's okay. You can still say man, hallelujah and jump the pews if you want. That's what we do here. No. <laughs> However you want it to go. Praise God. But leave it up to Jesus. But God has a perfect plan. And see, I think sometimes we shortchange ourselves because we don't take time to ask Jesus. Now I'm putting you on the spot this morning. That's what I'm telling you. See, sometimes we're slipping. Sometimes I remember what I'm thinking. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> now I remember what I'm thinking. 
How many got up this morning and said, Jesus, what is your plan for me today? Oh, that, maybe that's the wrong terminology. How many got up this morning and said, Jesus, what is my purpose? You see, these are things we have to be asking ourselves. Our purpose is the world. Our purpose is reaching out into a lost and hurting world. We are to give up our self wanting to do things and start doing what God wants us to do. And that's reaching out into the world, seeking the lost that are out there. They need a Savior. But guess what? They're not getting that Savior if we don't start asking ourselves the most important questions. What is my purpose? Jesus just told us what the purpose was. And that is to go into the world baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. We're to be going into the world, presenting the world the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, Mark 16, 15 even says, Go ye into all the world. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature. You know, I was talking to Bella yesterday. Bella's a creature. She's a dog. And I said, Bella, you're supposed to be nice here. We're in a new place. We're in a place where they don't allow people like you, dogs. That's right. We're in a community that does not allow dogs. But thank the Lord, Bella is a service dog. So they can't reject her. God, Jesus' favor. Yes. So I told her, now when we take you out, you can't bark at the lizards, those big iguana-looking things. You can't bark at the ducks. You can't bark at the people. You can't bark at anything. So when I take you for a walk, you must go quietly. Now, how many know that dog listened? <laughs> she did. Really? She did not bark at one lizard. She didn't bark at one duck. She didn't bark at one person. She went on her walk. She did her business. And we went back to the house. Not one muffled bark out of her at all. As soon as we get in the house, she bumps into the table and she starts barking at it. <laughs> Which made me realize she must not be able to see too well. That's why she didn't bark at all those things. And I said, isn't that just like the Lord? Just to keep her in a way that she would not do what I thought she was going to do. Or what she always has done in the past. <laughs> I was concerned. You see... I truly believe that the church has largely forgotten its mission. Yeah. Giving your attention to lesser things. You see, I think so few share the gospel that the church has not taken advantage to grow. I know there are some churches out there, they call them mega churches, that are full of people. 
And I sometimes I look at our church and I look at God and I say, what happened? They're full. We're not full. And he reminds me again and again in his word. He says to you, I will provide the hearers. Other words, there's not everybody that can handle the whole truth of God's word. So he sends them to other places, I guess. I've had people from some of those larger churches tell me about the translations that they use in their church. And I'm going to share that next week. I want to share with you why I can't use those translations. Because there is a there is a biblical reason why you can't use them. Some people may want to argue with me on it. And I'm sure I'll get many comments online about it. But that's okay. Because I'm going to stand upon what God's word says. Amen. Without wavering, without fail, without giving in. It's going to be what it's going to be. They may not like what they hear. There are people who don't like to hear certain things because it's, wait a minute, wait, but, but, but you, you, you ever get those people? They, they get stuck because they know it's the truth, but they would rather have the lighter side of things. You know, it's not, people say, well, the gospel's black and white. It is, it's black, white, and red. But I'm telling you, the word of God has never changed from the foundation of the world. When I read the word of God, it's the living, inspired, God-breathed word. I can't change it. I can't use other translations to take things away from it. I can't do it. Because then I'm, I'm just as guilty as they are. You see, church, we have a commission, and we must get back to God's plan to reach the world. We're, we're, we're falling short. I met with some young men this week who are part of a prison ministry. And when I say young men, because I consider myself old now, I'm 59. Oh, wow. Wow. Look at the shaking heads in this place this morning. Would you please? These guys were in their mid-20s. Okay, so I'm old compared to that. And I was telling them that God has a plan and a purpose. They go, but you don't understand, we're trying to get back on our feet. You know, we've been in prison and we're trying to get back on our feet. So there are certain things that we, we have to do to get back in right with society. And I said, there's nothing you have to do to get back right with society. That's God's job. Right. Because when you surrender your all to Jesus Christ, he will make you. He will take care of you. He's the one who rights the wrongs, not the world. You see, the first part of God's plan is he that goeth forth. It's easier to do almost anything else in church. It's easier to serve on a board. It's, it's easier to give your money and let others go. It's, it's, it's easier to nitpick and grumble. 
than to go into the world and preach the gospel to a lost world. You know why? Because you have to step outside of your comfort zone. You have to step outside of yourself and you have to rely on not you, but you have to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost to speak through you the truth of God's word and what they need to hear. You know what the problem with this is? It's not a problem with me. I don't care. I'm going to do it anyway because I just love to do it. And I like to do it with a smile on my face. Amen. I love to do it with excitement. I love to go up to somebody and say, you know what Jesus did for you? It's unbelievable. It's unheard of these days what he has done for you. He gave his life for you. And they're like, what? That's right. When you go up to somebody with that kind of excitement, you start expressing the word of God with that kind of excitement to them, they want to hear. Yeah. Now, let me share something with you. You see, many years ago, there was this man named Jesus. And he went to the cross for you and he gave his life for you. Right. Most people will be like, who is this guy? What are they trying to say to me? Okay, that's nice. Go your way. I understand. Go your way. But you know, when you go with a sense of excitement and in a sense of urgency, people want to hear what you have to say. Oh, yeah. Amen. If I was to run through a restaurant yelling, fire, 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 everybody would be jumping up wondering, where is it, where is it? And they're looking for the door to get out. Now, if I was to walk through that same restaurant, fire, fire, there's a fire. Yo, there's a fire in the kitchen. Nobody would get up, everybody would be still eating their food, having conversation. Why? Because there was no excitement. There was nothing that drew them into it. When the church begins to grow, it begins to have new life. You see, when you surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. You gave your whole heart to him. What happened? You started with a new life. A new excitement. A new joy. And, and it began to grow in you. And, and the more it began to grow in you, what did it do? It began to make you read the word of God more. It began to want you to have more knowledge of God's word. And it began to, you want to know more about the Savior. The love that he has for you. The second part of God's plan is weeping. Go forth and weep it. Most do not do this because they do not care. You see, it takes a genuine soul to be concerned about the lost. It takes somebody who understands what it is to be lost. Now I'm going to put you on the spot again. How many know what it's like to have been lost? Oh. <laughs> Oops, excuse me. Put up both hands. I'm under arrest. I know what it was like to be lost at one time in my life. But I knew what it was like to have somebody to come and share with me the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to welcome me into the kingdom of God. Lead me. I've shared this 
testimony with you many times in Ocala when I was in that church and I sat in the back. I was very uncomfortable. But the more the pastor began to speak, the more my heart began to yearn for this Savior that he was talking about. And as I was sitting on that end of pew there, looking straight down, it looked like a big cross leading up to the pulpit. It's, it just looked like a cross. I don't even know how to describe it. There was no cross on the carpet, but I could see. And I kept thinking, when is this guy going to stop talking so I can go to the, to the front of that cross? Finally, he said, let's stand together. And before he could start giving the full invitation, I was halfway to the front. Because I wanted this Savior that he had been talking about. I wanted this Jesus that he had been... We are living in a world full of people who want that same Savior, but we're not sharing him. Keep it to myself. I love Jesus. I'm going to keep it to myself. <laughs> He does wonderful things for me. And if I have to share it with somebody else, I might only get half the blessing. Oh, I might only get a quarter of the blessing. Because if I share with three people, that means he don't got a quarter left for me. But if I share with eight people, oh, that means I don't got an eighth left for me. So people feel like if they give their Jesus to everybody, they're going to be robbed. But that's even more of a blessing than you'll get. Because every lost person that comes home, the angels in heaven rejoice. And just think of all those beautiful little stones or those beautiful crowds that you're adding up for every soul that you bring to Jesus. Amen. And you get to take those wonderful, beautiful crowns and you get to cast them at Jesus' feet. All because you're bringing the lost home. In Romans 9, 1 and 3, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not, my conscience, also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost, that I have great heart heaviness and control and sorrow in my heart. For I could not wish that myself were accursed from Christ, for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul here has a broken heart for souls. He's wanting souls. And you see, he knows what it is to reach out to them. Paul expressed his concern for his Jewish kinsmen by saying he would willingly take their punishment if that they would save if that that it would save them. That's a genuine kind of love. I don't know about you, but most men in this room would almost give their life for their children oh, yeah. or even their spouses yeah. because they don't want any kind of harm to come their way. I don't know that there's a mom in the world that won't do anything for their child, That's right. even if it meant they took the punishment because they don't want any harm to come to their child. You see... This is what Paul was expressing to his Jewish kinsmen. 
He didn't want any harm because he was willing to pay the price that Jesus was already paying. You know, every time I do a funeral for someone that I don't know, or they'll call me and say, hey, Pastor, can you do a funeral for this person? And then you start talking to that family and you realize a few minutes into the conversation that that person was not saved. That's when I have to put on a different thinking cap. You see, because there's nothing I can do for that deceased person. But there is something I can do for those that are at the funeral. And that is to share the love of Jesus Christ and what Jesus had done for them. You see, you have to take on a whole different mentality because there's, there's nothing you can do for a person once they've, they've passed from this earth. You can't pray them into heaven. You can't buy. I know some of the Catholics are going to get on to me about this. <clears throat> you can't pray yourself into heaven. You can't buy yourself into heaven. There's no way of doing any of that. Your life speaks and stands for itself. You understand what I'm saying? That means if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you've accepted him as your Savior, and you know he's your King, you know he's your Lord, most of all that he's your Savior, and you're willing to do anything for him because you're going to follow his will, there is coming a day when we're all going to stand before him, and he's going to say, welcome in. That role is going to be called. But those who have not professed their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to be empty. They're going to be cast away. Kind of like if you got up this morning and you wiped your mouth with a paper towel like I did and you pushed that little button on the garbage can and it opened up like a big mouth and it took the garbage in and it's gone forever. That's what it's going to kind of be like. But it's not going to be like into a wasted garbage can. It's going to be a pit of fire. Where there's gnashing and wailing. And there's going to, it's going to be horrible. I think the third part of God's plan is sowing. Bearing precious seed. The seed is the word of God. Luke 8, 11 tells us. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Jesus and the parable of the sower. You know that parable. We've, we've, we've shared that here before. I mean, the seed that is scattered. Some seed was fell by the wayside. Nothing happened with it. Some of the seed fell on stony ground, took a little bit of root, grew, and then when the sun came out, it withered and died. And then some fell among the thorns. And as it began to grow up, it began to be choked out. It took good root, and as it grew to be strong, it was choked out by those thorny bushes. There are people in this world that are trying to choke you out. Oh, yeah. I know, it's kind of a terrible way to put it. But Truthful. <laughs> but there are people that want you to be quiet. There are people who don't want you to talk about Jesus. They would write, oh, here comes that guy who talks about Jesus all the time. Oh, what can we do to make him be quiet? <laughs> Maybe if I whop him one, he'll 
He'll, be, he'll leave me alone. If he whops me, guess what I'm going to do? Speak louder. I'm going to turn the other cheek. Whop again. Because Jesus is still coming for it. You see, we have to be unafraid of what the world is trying to do out there. We have to be bold and courageous, stepping out in the will of God and taking in the whole word of God. But you know what I love about this parable? Some seed fell on good soil. And it brought forth fruit. You see, every time you go out and share the word of God, you say, well, they didn't get saved. Nothing happened. Yes, it did. You planted the seed. And God's seed is always planted on good soil. It's never planted in a, on a rocky ground. It's never planted by the wayside. It's never planted among the thorns. It's planted on good soil. And Jesus will grow that fruit. Some people take it as a personal project that they have to do it. But you don't have to do it. Jesus will do it. That's what he does. But I think the fourth and most perfect part of this plan that God has is the reaping. He said, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. We must take off I should say we must take efforts to reap, to win people to Christ. Don't leave soul winning to others. Don't let them rob you of your joy. Don't let them rob you of your blessing. You share Jesus Christ. You win them to Jesus. You receive the blessing. He who wins souls earns wages. We have an opportunity this year to change the world for Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I shared with you last week, I never thought I would see 2020. <laughs> All right, excuse me, I never thought I'd see the year 2000. Right. And then when we got into 2020, I thought there's no way this world can continue any longer. Here we are in 2023, and we're still moving forward. Why? Because... Every year, every year must hear about Jesus Christ. So that tells me Jesus isn't coming yet because not every ear has heard. And so that means we must rise up, stand up, go forth, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ because not every ear has heard. So if you want to get to heaven quicker, let me give you the solution. Stand up. Go forth, share Jesus with everybody you know. That way they can hear, we can go sooner. Amen. You guys are procrastinating. And I have to stay here until you do it. Amen. I have a responsibility too. My responsibility is just like yours. And that's to go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a command that all of us were given when we accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. Soul winning has to be the foremost part of our Christian walk. We must do that in every way that we can. I talked to a little guy who used to be a pastor. He now has a shop. 
cabinet shop. And he's been coming. We've been talking every time I see him. I take the opportunity to stop, even if I have to clock out. Stop and talk to him. He and his wife are now back in church. Amen. He's now been back in contact with the church that he used to be at. Made amends with them because he was holding a grudge. He said it was the hardest thing he ever had to do was to go to the church and apologize to that church for his actions. Right thing to do. But he did it. Mm -hmm. They have welcomed him back into that church. He and his wife and his children. And he sits on the front. And they want him to sit on the front row for, I don't know, I think he said six months. And he's doing that. He said, sometimes it's hard to go. He said, but I have to go. He said, because I'm convinced what you have shared with me, that Jesus writes all the wrong. He said, Pastor, I'm going to go until the wrong has been fixed. I said, you know, that could take the rest of your life. He said, it might. He said, but I'm going to go. And I'm going to go until the right has been erased, the wrong has been erased, and and all is good. And it all started just simply by talking to him one day, and he said, why do they call you Petey? I said, oh, because I'm a pastor. And he said, I used to be. And from that day forward, it's been a couple years now of talking with him, but that's where they are. And there are others. That, that I've had the opportunity to share with that have changed their lives. Church, what it comes down to is we have to be diligent about serving the Lord Jesus Christ and sharing the word of God. A simple Jesus loves you is planting the seed. It's that simple. I can't tell you how many pens this church has given out over the last five years. I can tell you how many we bought. But all those pens have been given out. You know, I'm still giving them out. Every opportunity I'm at the counter and somebody comes and I have one of the pens, they go, oh, that's a nice pen. Here, why don't you take it with you? And they look at, oh, Jesus, oh, thank you. It's simply planting the seed. And that seed is very important. That seed is very, because it's all a part of soul winning. They may not confess the Lord Jesus Christ at that moment, but that pen's going to remind them of who loves them the most, Jesus. I believe we have to return to the, me and Bob have talked about this many times. We have to return to the basics of the Christian message. Amen. Yes, we do. We have to go back. Why? We need to be refreshed. We need to be reminded. We have to get back to soul winning. We have to put the priorities back on the table. And soul winning is one of the top priorities of the of the of the Christian walk. Soul winning brings presence and rejoicing 
and future joy. Matter of fact, we're reminded in Luke 15, 10, Jesus says this. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of, of God over one sinner that repents. Just one. Isn't that awesome when you think about that? Just one. So this is my challenge to you this morning. I'm going to set the bar real low. Real low. I'm going to ask that you pray and ask the Lord Jesus what his purpose for you is. Yes, yes. I'm going to ask the Lord to speak to you about what your goal is in serving him. And this is this. This is one thing I want you to do. I want you to pray for one person at a time. And I want you, and not a saved person either. Saved people are saved for right now. Hopefully they stay that way. I know there are some that say that it's always that way, but it's not always that way. It's not that simple. <laughs> now listen, I want you to ask Jesus who he would lead you to to win to Jesus Christ. We live around a, an abundance of sinners. Yeah. And the new neighborhood I moved into, ooh, what a <laughs> landfill. Lord have mercy, I can't wait to get started. Amen. And I have already started. I got a new little Jewish friend two doors down. Oh boy. He oh says boy. to me, Shalom, every morning. And I said, Jesus loves you. <laughs> he stopped me there. They said, you know, we have a men's fellowship here. One Thursday out of the month during the season. He said that. I hear you're a pastor. Maybe you want to come and speak to the group. I said, what day? <laughs> Amen. I'm going to take it. If I have to take a day off of work, it'll be worth it. That's right. right. That's right. It'll That's be worth right. it. Don't bow you there. You see, I'm going to take advantage of every opportunity I have to share Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, I, I heard from an old neighbor where we moved from. Oh, he's not a neighbor. He's the maintenance guy. His name is Juan. Mm -hmm. And he called me and he said, uh, Pastor Murphy. And I said, yeah. He says, just called you into your new place. I said, yeah, you like it? Yeah, it's all right. It's good. It's all good. He said, that's great. I said, how are you? He said, good. I have a little trouble with the kids. I said, well, let's pray then. And I prayed right. with him on the phone. Right. Mm -hmm. You see, we started building a relationship with him. And he knows who Jesus is. You see, we have to start taking those opportunities, those windows of open doors, and we have to start walking through them. Not everyone will be pleasant. Not everyone will be, oh, thank you for sharing that with me. It might be, Phoosh! and the door gets shut right in their face, almost to the nose. It will happen. But go in the boldness of Jesus. Remember, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves them. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you, Lord God, for your plan for the world. I thank you, God, for your plan for us. 
Lord, may we start speaking to you differently. May we ask you every day, Lord Jesus, what is your plan for me today? What is your goal for me today? What do you want me to do? Lord, let your will be complete in our life as we follow after you. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 Amen.